The views, ideas, and content of well seekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on Well Seekers. Hello, and welcome to Well Seekers. I'm Lucia, and we are so glad that you are here today as we take a journey together to find simple, real, and everyday ways to live happy and well in our mind, in our mood, and in our holistic life. If you are new to the show, we are doing a six-week series on chronic illness and how it affects our minds and our moods and, of course, our bodies and what we can do about that. Last week, we had someone on talking about their own journey with chronic illness and how they stay happy and well during it. And then before that, we had two incredible guests talking about ways that we can nourish our bodies and ultimately our minds from a holistic approach in our lives through both nutritional supplements and nutritional approaches. We have two more shows left and then we're going to do a week of all of our guests and their incredible advice. And on today's show, we're talking about something called Ayurveda. I always pronounce it wrong. So um, our guest today, Maggie, she's going to come on and talk about it. And if I'm saying it wrong, she will definitely correct me. Ayurveda is an ancient medical science, and it actually specializes in treating chronic disease. So I felt like it was a perfect addition to this series. Even if you don't have a chronic illness, it also aims to help maintain a healthy mind, body, and spirit, which is what Well Seekers is all about. Ayurveda is a word I've heard before, but I didn't really know what it was. So I thought having a guest on to talk to us about it would be incredible. But just a little bit of information and then Maggie, our guest, will come on and talk more about what it is specifically. But Ayurveda takes the approach that a healthy person in mind, in body and in spirit really should adapt to seasonal changes and eat a diet and live a lifestyle to avoid chronic disease. So the aim of treatment for Ayurveda is to give relief to patients and to treat them in accordance with these principles of Ayurveda, depending on their individual makeup, the seasons and the environment as a whole. So it's really, truly a holistic approach as well as an individual approach. Ayurveda also acknowledges that in today's makeup, especially the average person faces a tremendous amount of mental stress as well as physical stress and takes that into account as approach for living. In my research, I found that Ayurveda acknowledges that it's not really an immediate relief from problems, but it goes down to the root cause of why chronic disease emerges. It believes that it's hitting the root cause and therefore can really treat people with chronic illness through a lifestyle management and the Ayurveda way. Now, I read an article that was published in the NCBI, which is a really well-known medical journal. The National Center for Biotechnology Information. So what the journal did was they did a study on Ayurveda and the battle against chronic disease, and they explored whether this was an opportunity for the lifestyle to go mainstream. The study was published in 2010 um, in a time where they where this was really just taking off. Deepak Chopra is a huge guru in this field. You've probably heard him talk about it before and how he believes in it for chronic disease management and also just for your healthiest lifestyle possible. So this research study really looked at other studies and combined all these studies to dissect what the findings were. 
So the conclusion of this study and looking through other research um, examples on Ayurveda was that they believed, this medical journal and the person writing this article believed, that it was really time to investigate Ayurveda as a way to treat chronic disease. That there was enough data being collected that the Global Alliance for Chronic Disease should really pay attention to the Ayurveda way. So what does this mean for us as well seekers learning to live our best and happiest and most well life. Well, I feel like because this is something that you may have heard, or if you're like me, you've heard this word bounced around Ayurveda. I thought it was strictly a nutritional approach and it turns out it's not. It's really a way of life. It's a lifestyle management tool. I didn't know what that meant and what it encompassed. And my producer, Joe, introduced me to Maggie, who is the founder of Journey of Yoga in Simsbury, Connecticut. And also trained in Ayurveda as a health counselor at the Himalayan Institute. She's certified with the National Ayurveda Medical Association. She's also a certified Reiki master and just an incredible person. And she told me about her journey. And I thought we need to have her on the show to talk about what Ayurveda actually is, how we can use it in our own lifestyle management, especially dealing with chronic disease. But honestly, from what I've learned about Ayurveda and reading about this combined research study and this article saying that we need to explore this more and focus on it more as an approach for life in general to be more happy and well. And then for people with chronic diseases, I knew we had to have Maggie on the show. So if you've heard the word before, Ayurveda, and you want to know what it's all about, whether you have a chronic illness or you just want to live life better, make sure you stick with us because we're going to be right back with Maggie Derbis to talk more about what Ayurveda is and how it can help you live more happy and more chronically well in spite of any condition you have. So we'll be right back on Well Seekers. You're listening to Well Seekers, a show where the journey is just as important as the destination. You want to be part of the Seekerhood? It's easy. Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com. Hey guys, it's Lucia. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Now, I know we're on a break and we're waiting for our guest to come back on. So in the meantime, make sure you check out wellseekers.com for all the latest and greatest simple and easy tools to help you live life well, to build a stronger mind, a stronger body, a stronger spirit, and a stronger life to help you live happy and well. We've got blogs, we've got videos, and we've got tools. We've also got empowering stories and solutions on all of our podcasts. So if you've missed an episode or you want to check out more, make sure to hang out on the site and become part of our seekerhood at wellseekers.com. Now, without further ado, let's get back to our guest. And we're back on Well Seekers with our guest, Maggie Derbis. Maggie founded Journey of Yoga, which is in Simsbury, Connecticut in 2004 to inspire health and happiness through the practice of yoga. She's also a certified Reiki master, completed her Ayurveda I've been practicing that health counselor training at the Himalayan Institute and is certified with the National Ayurveda Medical Association. Maggie, thank you so much for joining us today on Wellseekers. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Lucia. First of all, thank you for um, telling me how to say that word. I have to say, I <laughs> I Googled it and there were a couple different pronunciations. So besides being challenging to pronounce, <laughs> um, <laughs> Maggie's going to explain what Ayurveda is. But first, Maggie, we'd love to hear about your own journey. I really love the name of your yoga studio, Journey of Yoga, because um, Well Seekers is all about seeking and finding and the journey along the, the road of life. 
How and why did you get into yoga and Reiki and Ayurveda? That's a great question, Lucia. Well, I um, actually did a 180 degree turnaround in my uh, career back in 19, about 1992. I founded a company um, that was in Farmington, Connecticut, and we designed and developed e-learning software for Fortune 500 companies. And I did that for about 12 years. And after 9-11, Companies stopped outsourcing as much, and they turned inwards to create their e-learning. They were really using PowerPoint presentations. And I saw the writing on the wall, and I started losing people from my company through attrition. And it was just, it was time. And so I had always been into um, uh, fitness, and um, I thought, well, maybe I could do something in that arena. And I first became a personal trainer. So I was uh, trained and certified to do personal training. From there, it's decided that I thought yoga would be a good complement to personal training. So I went and um, got my training and was certified as a 200-hour yoga teacher. And then Reiki kind of fell in between. And I went on to get my 300-hour training. And while I was in my 300-hour training, one of my teachers was very well-versed in Ayurveda. And she introduced our class to Ayurveda and what it was. And I thought, wow, this is really interesting. And it's something that's not really difficult to figure out. It works with Mother Nature's rhythms and, you know, our own our own circadian rhythm. So I eventually got you know, trained and certified as an Ayurveda health counselor. So much good stuff in there. First of all, we just did a whole series on workplace wellness and we had someone on that had completely transitioned and did a 180 in their career, which it sounds like you did as well. And we'll have to have you back because I'd love to hear more about that sometime. Sure. So Ayurveda, I said it right. You Am did. I getting there? Absolutely. You got it. <laughs> Just correct me if I'm saying it wrong. We've been talking about chronic illness for the last few weeks, and I know you're going to chat with us about how it can help people that struggle with chronic illness. I'm one of those people because I suffer from autoimmune, so I'm really interested in it. But can you tell us about the principles? Because I know we chatted briefly before, and I was telling Maggie that when I lived in New York City, the only thing it was a big, it was sort of up and coming at the time. And that was about 10 plus years ago. The thing that people really focused on was the eating aspect of it and the different senses and tastes of food. So I know a little bit about it. And I think everyone may have heard this word before, or maybe you haven't, but it's more than just food. It's really a lifestyle. So can you explain all of the elements of it to us and how it works? Yes. The best way to look at it, I mean, certainly food is a huge component of it. Of everything. Yes. Well, <laughs> certainly. of yes, Yeah, exactly. Of every part of our life. Yes. <laughs> Lifestyle is also a big part of Ayurveda. And um, it's been around for more than 5,000 years. That's um, for a long time. And that, that may contribute to some of the confusion and how to say it because it, it, it's actually Sanskrit. And um, so um, what Ayurveda translates to mean is wisdom of life or wisdom uh, or knowledge of life. Originally, it was just passed down from teacher to student verbally through sutras. They would learn these threads. And it was about looking at 
everything at a macrocosm and a microcosm, everything in our universe is made up of three doshas, and uh, which uh, make our constitution, vada, pitta, and kapha. Yeah, what is that? Yeah. So those, those doshas are actually, what they are is another name of the five elements. So we have five elements are ether, air, fire, water, and earth from the most subtle down to the densest. So air and ether actually are what vada is considered, air and ether. So it the qualities or characteristics of air and ether are light and cold and dry and windy, right? You think about air and ether, it's always moving around, right? And then you go to the next two, which would be um, fire and water. And that is actually pitta. And pitta is hot and it's moist and it's full of energy, you know, fiery, fiery energy. And then the third one is kapha, and that is water and earth. So that is very dense. It's heavy. It is cool. And um, that's the season that we're in right now. Uh, as we are, you know, approaching, you know, springtime, our spring equinox is next week, and um, we're moving into kapha season. So if you walk outside, the ground is wet and it's heavy. Yes. And everything is, has this heaviness. You don't even, you feel like a slug in the morning trying to get out of bed. Everyone does, especially yeah. since daylight savings. I, I can't, <laughs> everyone, I can't even tell you how many people have texted me like, oh, I'm really tired. I'm like, yeah, you're the fifth person that's texted me that today. It's because it's daylight savings. Everyone's exactly. tired. Yeah. And, and also because it's springtime. So we just, you know, exacerbate it by, you know, our little daylight savings time change there. Ayurveda looks at the, as I said, at a macrocosm and a microcosm perspective. So everything, including our seasons, the time of day, the time of our lives, mm. um, the foods that we eat, everything has is made up of some of those five different um, elements that I mentioned to you. So could I just ask Maggie, when you mentioned those elements, you're saying those are elements that exist sort of at a macro level, meaning out beyond us in the world and in the environment and in the seasons. And then internally, we have those elements as well. Is that right? Am I getting yes. That? Okay. Mm -hmm. So you our bodies it. are yep. comprised of those elements as well. Correct. Okay. So those elements are everywhere. Yes. Okay. They're everywhere. And you're, each of us in Ayurveda says each of us is born with a certain constitution. Mm. So what that means is you were born with a certain combination of those elements. Okay. And most people uh, usually have one of the doshas. Remember, it's a combination of the elements. So one of the doshas is a primary dosha. You know, so let's say somebody has the primary dosha of uh, pitta. I'll use that one for an example. What is pitta? Uh, so pitta is the, the fire and water, and it actually, uh, seasonally, it would be summertime. It's the heat of summer. Mm. And so somebody who has a, a, a primary dosha as pitta is going to be that fiery person who's going to get it done, you know, but don't get in their way when they're focusing on trying to get it done because they will, they might bite your head off. That, oh, they, it sounds like so, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be like, no, honey, that's my... <laughs> Pitta. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Don't don't mess with my pitta. Yeah. yeah. So and so if you take that pitta, let, let's say that person whose constitution is primarily pitta, 
and you put them in a season that's pitta, which is summer, right? Yeah. Here in New England. And um, you put them in that that season. And then you go into the middle of the day around lunchtime, which is pitta time of day. And they go out to eat a Mexican lunch with hot chili peppers. You are just, you are putting, pouring gasoline onto the fire, essentially. So it is not, that's not a good combination. What we want to do with somebody who has a pitta constitution is look at ways of cooling them down. So funny because peppers bother me. I took them out of my diet. Well, there you go. How would one decipher if they're a fire or water or air? How would they figure that out? There are tests that you can take online. And um, uh, John Doulard has a, a website that you can go to and take his tests. He's pretty renowned in the Ayurveda world. Um, he's written numerous books. He's one of our gurus about, you know, Ayurveda. But typically those will just tell you really about more about who you are right now, which is usually out of balance for the majority of people because of our lifestyles and because of the foods we're eating and everything else, we're, most of us are walking around out of balance. So your combination is going to be skewed because you're not in balance. Mm -hmm. And so what we're trying to do in Ayurveda is get you back to where you, where you were when you were born, your, your actual prakriti that you were born with. When someone has a chronic illness, is that different than the strategy than just in general, how your approach is with lifestyle management using Ayurveda? Well, no, no, okay. because I mean, a chronic illness is, you know, something that you're dealing with. And, and, and so Ayurveda looks at diseases caused, there's six stages of disease. And if you can catch something in the first three stages, it's much easier to turn it around and, and and do something with it. So I'll give you just a simple example. Let's say I'm using that example of Pitta. Um, you know, you, you get somebody who, um, you know, knows, you know what, I, I really notice that after I eat peppers, I get really, they upset my stomach a little bit, you know, but mm -hmm. they don't, they don't listen to it and they keep eating peppers and they keep eating them and they keep doing things that make them feel more fiery. Well, they're going to probably end up developing an ulcer or they will get reflux or some type of acid indigestion. And that, you know, then in turn could turn into an, uh, an ulcer, you know. So, so things, disease continuously regresses, you know, if you want to think of it that way, and, and, and gets worse. And with Ayurveda, if we change our eating habits, we look at where we are and we start eating things differently and incorporating different things into our lifestyle, like getting enough rest. Pitta doesn't rest enough typically. Mm. Um, so getting more rest, you know, trying to stay cooler. So in the summertime, Pitta is the one that needs to get into the swimming pool and take a nice cool swim because they always need to be cooled down. Oh, I am definitely and Pitta. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So let's say we've, We've identified what we are, and I'd love if you had a test link, or I'm sure I can find one online. We'll put one on the site so you guys can test and see what you are. So say we've identified what we are, and maybe we struggle with chronic illness. How could this lifestyle, or how would you approach someone who has a chronic illness with the Ayurveda lifestyle? What would the approach be, and how could it help them? Well, the best thing to do would be to go to have an appointment with an Ayurveda practitioner. Mm. You know, you, you, that's the best thing. I mean, it, in Western medicine, 
we wait until we get sick and then we go to the doctor and we go, okay, fix us. You know, um, with Ayurveda, what it is, it's like how you would take care of your car. Mm-hmm. You take it in for, to get your oil changed, to get your tires rotated, you get a tune up. You don't wait until the car, you know, just dies on the side of the road and then bring it in. Ayurveda, it's, it's like the car. So we go to talk to an Ayurveda practitioner to, you know, look at what it is that we're doing that we could do differently. And we can then mitigate the effects of whatever is going on and hopefully, you know, change what, what's happening in our bodies over time. It's not going to happen overnight because it didn't get that way overnight either. So it's, it's over a period of time. So this lifestyle management technique or if someone has chronic illness is just an approach to get it in check. So I, is that correct? Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's a, it's a change in your, in your lifestyle habits. It's about, you know, when are you getting up in the morning? When are you going to bed at night? How are you sleeping? When are you eating your meals? You know, what do you eat for your meals? What do you do for exercise? How often do you exercise? How much water are you drinking? All of that. We, I, I spend an hour and a half with clients asking questions mm-hmm. and just writing down all of the, uh, their answers. How would you say this approach is different from just a general, you know, when you hear someone talk about health coaching or health counseling, all those things are taken into consideration, right? Like um, eat well, eat whole foods, sleep more, you know, work out. How would you say Ayurveda is different in the approach? Is it because it takes in the outside and the person or how how is it different in your experience? Because it takes everything into consideration. There's not one standard solution for somebody. So for example, I use the example of Pitta, but then you could have a person who has Kapha dominant dosha, you know, and they're going to, they're, they're going to go about getting healthy in a different way than somebody who has a Pitta dominant dosha. So what would their way, could you maybe walk us through those two different ways? So Kapha is the season that we're in right now. And that's about, um, you know, as I said, it's uh, earth and water. So it's very dense, heavy. It is cool. The way that we try to bring balance into somebody's life with, when they're experiencing some Kapha issues is to, uh, all right, they, they would not sleep as long, for example. They would get up a little bit earlier. They sleep too much, more than likely. They would start eating foods that are light in nature and drier in nature. So like steamed vegetables, for example, or they, they favor the taste of bitter, astringent, and pungent um, because they, those tend to be drying for kapha. It, gets, it dries them up a little bit, gets rid of some of the excess uh, liquid because they're very, there's a lot of mucus, for example, in their body. And uh, with pitta, it's kind of the, uh, not quite the opposite, but they're very warm natured already. They don't need uh, to be warmed up. They need to be cooled down. So the, the, it, so you can see the, the differences in the, the, the three doshas have different traits and characteristics for each one of them. Mm. And then tell us about the third one. Vada in New England would be the late fall and through the winter, early winter, fall and winter, I should say. And that's about, if you remember, I said air and ether. So it's very, usually windy, it's dry, a lot of movement, and it's cool. It's very cool. So how do we um, balance the Vada 
um, imbalance is to look at ways of grounding Vata. Vata is very movement oriented. So they would need to um, spend more time, let's say, meditating, but they're not going to be drawn to that. Typically what they're drawn to, if they're out of balance, they're going to be drawn to more of what is causing them to be out of balance. So you'll find people who are Vata love to go running, for example. They, they're big runners. And to try to get them to do a yoga class, a gentle yoga class is like pulling teeth, but that is exactly what they need. Interesting. That's me too. Um, <laughs> it's so fun. So do people have elements of all of these and one just is more dominant than the other? Yes. You have people either have one dominant dosha, uh, that a primary dosha, or you could have um, you know, dual doshic. So you've got two that are your dominant. And then there's few people who are actually tri-doshic. I just took a test, Maggie. Mm-hmm. And it said that my vada was 68, my pitta was 56, and my kapha was 43. Mm-hmm. So all pretty similar, right? Yeah, yep. So if I'm someone who's interested because I do suffer from autoimmune and chronic illness really because of the autoimmune, your suggestion would be to go to a health consultation. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, that's what you would ultimately do. Walk me through what my dominant was, vada, pitta, or kapha, and mm-hmm. then use a holistic lifestyle approach, not not just in my own level, but considering the outside, outside seasons. Is that right? Yeah. Considering the seasons and you know where you live. So somebody who's living, for example, in Arizona, is going to have different needs than somebody who's living in, you know, Maine. Mm. Talk to me about that. So it seems like for the more micro level, you really need to talk to someone specifically to learn more about these principles and how you would personally change your life. From a macro level, if I live in Maine versus Arizona, how would that approach be different? Well, seasonally, you know, the, the, you know, the seasons down in um, Arizona, I mean, it's a drier climate um, and it's hot and dry down there. So it's going to be a little different than somebody who's in Maine where it's going to be have a wetter, heavier um, feel to it. You know, um, so you would think about Arizona as being more Pitta, you know, oriented because it's hot. Somebody who's in the Maine area would be, you know probably more Kafic, um in nature, maybe in the wintertime, it could be Vada, you know, more so. So you, you take that into consideration. That's just a piece of it. It's a piece of the whole equation. You know, that's just one little piece of it. And um, we look at where somebody lives. We look at when you were born, your birthday, at what time of day you were born. Wow. So this is really integrative. Yes. I love this. This is really individualizing it as well as bringing it out to the person's environment. Yes. I love this. Deepak Chopra talks about this a lot, doesn't he? He does. And he is, he's one of the gurus in the industry as well. Yeah. Before we let you go, Maggie, could you just talk about the food component? Because one of the things that was so interesting to me about this method, when eating food, I know we mentioned it briefly, the peppers and how I eliminated it, but there's a taste component. And is it every meal that needs to have six components? Or could you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, so there are six tastes. They're sweet, sour, salty, bitter, astringent, and pungent. Each of the tastes is actually associated with the uh, different doshas. So, for example, the first three that I mentioned, sweet, sour, and salty, 
are the tastes that when we're in Vada season, which for New England, it's winter, you know, late uh, fall and, and winter, early winter, mm-hmm. uh, we should go to those tastes. So sweet, people say, oh, gosh, I love sweet. That's great because I could go out and get some chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. But that's not it. <laughs> <a, laughs> that's what that's I thought, not, too, That's honestly. not quite it. Yeah. It's like sugar donuts? <laughs> <laughs> but it's more uh, along the lines of the sweet taste of, for example, dairy. Milk has a sweet taste to it. And um, so do grains. Grains have a sweet taste to them. Rice has a sweet taste to it. Nuts have a sweet taste to them. Actual meats, if, if you're not vegan, you know, if you eat meat um, or chicken or fish, it has usually a sweet taste to it. So that's what uh, Ayurveda is referring to for sweet, not necessarily sugar, although that does fall under there as well. And then, of course, sour would be like uh, sour lemons or grapefruit or, you know, your citrus fruits and then uh, salty. We know what that is. And then you've got uh, so those three are associated with vada and then bitter, uh, astringent and pungent are the taste that we should be using to balance out kapha. So now think about right now, this time of year, when the first first things that start coming up out of the ground at the farm at the farm would be uh, like uh, things like dandelion greens or broccoli rob or any of those. You think about the taste of them. They're very bitter. That's very what bitter. Mother Nature. Yeah. Mother Nature provides that taste to us. That's what she provides us. So we eat with we eat foods that are actually in season. And local, local food. So we're not mm. shipping strawberries in from Mexico or, you know, Chile. Yeah. We're eating eating foods that are local when Mother Nature provides them. I love it. If someone wanted to learn more about this technique or get in touch with you, could you give us either a couple of websites that people get more information on or how we can get in touch with you if someone wants to? Do you do phone appointments, Maggie, or is it in person? I do mostly in person. I do, you know, have done FaceTime or Skype session with people, but it's I, I prefer to meet in person. I just think you learn more about the individual and then follow-up sessions can obviously always be done, you know, on the phone or in a FaceTime or Skype session. Yeah, so my website um, is journeyofyoga.com. If somebody wanted to, um, you know, send something to me, they could send it to info. I-N-F-O at journeyofyoga.com. Perfect. And I'd be happy to um, respond to them so they could look at our website. But if you want to get more detailed information, you could look up John Doulard. It's D-O-U-I-L-L-A-R-D, John Doulard. And he has a lot of information. Also, Dr. Vasant Laud. V-A-S-A-N-T, Laud, L-A-D. He's in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And he is um, very well known in our industry and has written many, many books and very knowledgeable. Um, So he's got information, too. And those are the two that come to mind. And Himalayan Institute in Pennsylvania, too. That's another one. Which is where you trained. That's where I trained. Exactly. Yeah. So much incredible information. And I'd love to have you back. Maybe even walk us through a case study sometime because there are so many layers to this. You really do have to either reach out and have an individualized treatment or maybe we can have you back to just talk a little bit more about it. But incredible information and thank you for teaching me how to say Ayurveda. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, Lucia. Thank you. (laughs) And we'll be right back on Wellseekers. Look, we're already friends, right? So let's make it official. 
Just find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at WellSeekers. Thanks for being part of the Seekerhood. We couldn't do this without you. Now, back to the show. And we're back on Well Seekers. Thanks so much again to Maggie for joining us and talking to us about Ayurveda. I think I finally have the pronunciation down. If you want to learn more about what that lifestyle method is all about, definitely contact Maggie. We'll make sure to put her information below. Now, before we let you guys go, I have to tell you, because we're all about stories here, we're all about solutions, but we're also all about tools, about my tool of the week, stress reduction, a big part of really the, the Ayurveda way, but also just in order to live happy and well, reducing stress has been huge for me and it's a huge focus of the show and well seekers in general. So one of those things that helps me is something called the compact spike massage ball. Now, I don't know if you guys know what plantar fasciitis is, but it is really annoying. And it's something that happens in your foot. And I have it. A lot of runners get it. A lot of people that walk a lot. If you don't have good arch supports, I actually ended up ordering orthotics, which we'll talk about it in another show. Um, But this compact spike massage ball, someone suggested it, actually a physical therapist, for my foot. And it has been life-changing. So basically, I just take this ball and before bed and in the morning or if I'm at my desk, that's a big one, I'll just take my shoe off. I will roll this ball under my foot. Now it can be used for a lot of things. You can use it on your arms or your neck, but under my foot, it has really helped a lot with my plantar fasciitis. So if you go to Wellseekers and you look on the shop button, um, we have a featured tool section. It's also in our spring revive box. If you want to get the box, it's the most bang for your buck. Um, But if you go to the featured tools, you can click on that spike ball It's incredible. But again, if you want the most bang for your buck, we include it in the Spring Revive box, which comes with a bunch of other items. As always, I'm not endorsing this. Um, This is not something I'm paid to endorse. It's just a tool that has worked for me and I love to pass on what I find in my wellness journey towards happiness and holistic wellness and holistic life wellness to you guys. So check that out, wellseekers.com. Also, you guys, I don't know if you know this, but It is really exciting to me. We're on iHeartRadio. If you're listening on iHeart right now, thank you so much for listening. If you're not listening on iHeart, go to wellseekers.com, click on podcast, Wellseekers with Lucia. If you scroll all the way down, you'll see a picture and then a little intro. But if you go all the way down, you'll see more ways to listen. You can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, which we're giving a shout out to everyone on iHeart right now, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. We work so hard on this podcast each week and I have a a team of people that help me, um, someone that edits this podcast, shout out to that person. And then we have a new intern coming on who is going to help with video. I can't wait to introduce you to her. And then um, hopefully she'll be helping with some booking too. So lots of exciting stuff happening on Wellseekers. I have a couple big announcements that I'm going to make at the end of this um, series. We're going to be switching things up as we head into season three of Wellseekers and also have a new show coming that's just focused on relationships, which is one of my other favorite topics. So um, stay tuned for lots of big announcements. But in the meantime, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and the RSS feed so you always know when a new episode is out. And if you guys have any questions, comments, want us to talk about a topic here on Wellseekers, make sure to send us a message. Hello at wellseekers.com. Till next week, we hope you have an incredible week. We hope you stay your happiest and your most well in your mind, in your mood, 
and in your holistic life. And if you're not there yet, keep searching, keep seeking because total life happiness is possible regardless of your circumstances. I know it because I've been through a lot, actually, (laughs) a lot of stuff and um, life and holistic life wellness is possible through it all. So we hope you'll stay with us and keep seeking. In the meantime, have an incredible week and we'll talk to you soon on Well Seekers. How would you like to join the conversation? Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com.